Welcome to the Strong Like Mum podcast. This podcast is sponsored by WellBaby. WellBaby, from the makers of Pregnacare, provides careful nutritional support for babies and young children from birth to four years. WellBaby is a comprehensive vitamin and mineral range, which includes the exact levels of vitamin A, C and D as recommended by the UK Department of Health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Strong Like Mum podcast. And this is one I never thought I would record because I am being joined by my husband, (laughs) who is like the most un-Instagram, social media connected person. But hello and welcome to the Strong Like Mum podcast. Hi Shakira, thanks for having me. (laughs) Nice to be here. (laughs) So just so everyone knows, we are currently on our sofa underneath a blanket it's going to get really hot (laughs) very quickly so let's get going on this topic we're actually discussing something um really actually quite serious and we haven't pre-prepared any of this and actually you haven't looked at these questions since I sent them to you a couple of months ago so um we are discussing well maternal mental health which is something I'm really passionate about and neither of us are experts in this matter but we've both lived through um, a pretty unique experience of that and so I just thought it would be it could potentially be interesting and maybe help some people who are going through it just to talk about our own experience so for those who don't know I've got a history of perinatal OCD and it manifested itself in compulsions that I felt I needed to do and at my absolute worst um and we went through some some pretty dark times you know that it was completely out of my control and controlled me I don't know Tom can you remember any do you have any specific memories from those days yeah I remember remember clearly you know it's every single night it took you hours you know I think it was two hours to get up the stairs to go to bed you know with all the tapping you were doing and the lights on and off and up and down the stairs and I don't know all the ins and outs of it but you know you were doing that for for a long long time every single night before you can go to bed and it was it was awful it's so strange hearing you talk about it because it feels like a totally different person and and i remember being in that stage and thinking i can't get better i i cannot actually recover from that and now i'm so far past that that hearing you say those things it sounds so extreme to imagine that hours it read it took me hours to get to bed yeah every night um as the person who was closest to me through all of that what was that like so I don't know you know I, I've actually never asked you whether you confided in someone or told anyone about that what was that like to live with I mean listen it was horrible to watch it was horrible to see you go through that every single day and it was even worse to not feel like I could do anything about it either you know I was sort of downstairs watching tv and aware that you were going through this crazy kind of ritual and you know in the early stages before it took its full grip on you I'd try and intervene I think I I'd I'd try and you know I'd either get angry and 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 cross at you and tell you to stop it as being you're being stupid Mm -hmm. or I would you know try and um you know gently gently try and talk you down but every I, I seem to remember every time I sort of intervened you'd get really really frustrated and stressed out and cross because it meant that you'd have to start all over again 
gosh, I forgot about and that. So, oh my gosh, I forgot so about that. So even though I, I, I sort of got to the point where I knew we were doing it, and I think, right, I need to, oh gosh, like, I, I have to say something. That. She can't, we have to, we have to put an end to this. I'd come and talk to you. And, you know, then the main focus would be just like, oh my gosh, I've got to start the whole thing again now. Like, you know, it's going to be another hour until I can go to bed. And, and I didn't, I didn't know where to go from there. Gosh, I, I, I completely, completely forgot about that. And I'd have to start all over again. And it, gosh, it's so weird going back there. I, I remember saying to someone a couple of years ago, I wanted to write an article for someone. I was like, you know, I wanted to do it. It was a charity, a charitable organisation. I wanted to help them talk about maternal mental health. And they were like, look, why don't you just start by going away and seeing if you can write down your experience and see if it has any triggers. And I was like, this is crazy. It's not going to have any triggers. I'm not going to feel anything. I'm so over it. But then in the right, like when I sat down and tried to write it, I was like, I actually can't write this because it's just so such huge emotions. And hearing you talk about it, it's just, yeah, gosh, my gosh, I, f- I forgot all about that. Um, I've got in my questions, how did it feel seeing someone that you care about suffer in this way? And I guess you've just touched on it there. I suppose as the person who's trying to help someone cope, you just feel sort of helpless. Totally helpless. You know, I think I, in terms of confiding with people, I think I spoke to your mum mainly about it and tried to get, um, you know, help and advice from her. But, you know, she she saw it firsthand as well and, and tried to do her own, you know, tried her own kind of ways of intervening and, and helping you. And, you know, the same the same thing, you know, happened. You know, you had to start all over again and she wasn't making any progress. And so we were both really kind of frustrated together. But I don't know you've always been so strong-willed and it felt like <laughs> that a strong will from you like your natural kind of your natural kind of stubbornness mixed with this like I don't know like it was me versus me wasn't it yeah but it just felt like it 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 doubled it all and it made you just it made the whole made the whole kind of um it made the whole situation just impenetrable it felt like and how did you feel how do you feel that that affected your mental health? That's a good question. I don't often stop to think about my own mental health. Um, I know you don't. I really don't know how to answer that. I, you know, other than the sort of the pain that it was causing me, like just, you know, the upset of seeing you in pain yourself and not being able to help, I don't think it... I don't think it... um, I can't even remember where I was with my own kind of mental health at that point. So it was obviously horrible to watch. Um, in terms of my own mental health, it's something, you know, like I said, I don't I don't consider it much. I don't think on it much. But um, It's a very difficult question to answer. Yeah. Um, okay, so, well, this leads me on to another thing. There are apparently, like I read a statistic that one in eight men suffer with mental health, but 40% of men say they don't discuss it. And you've just said the exact same thing. I think, yeah, it's, it's until recently, it's not been something that's been talked about, you know. I'm not, not just talking about men here, I'm just talking about everyone. Would you ever go up to your friends and say, mate, I'm really struggling? You're always going to have the friends that you, you trust implicitly with that type of thing. But would you ever feel that you could call up your friends and say, mate, I'm really, I need to talk to someone about whatever it is? Yeah, I think I would if I had to. You know, you know we, we, we obviously have quite a sort of a close relationship in terms of talking to each other being very open about what's going on. Um, so I feel like a lot of that's covered off 
with you, which is great, but with my friends, I, ha- I think That's I have... That's so funny, because I would say you don't talk about anything. <laughs> You're not the best one for yeah, this podcast. Maybe not. Maybe not. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I, listen, I have... I, I'm, a few months back, I went and played golf with Will, didn't I? And we had a bit of a chat then um, on the driving range um, about... Did you ever feel like you wanted to go up to your friends and say... Because, look, you know, if we're thinking about the ripple effects of what I was going through... And, of course, like, it, it was one of the most challenging things I've ever overcome. But it had a ripple effect into our family life and into our relationship. And did you ever feel, would you have felt embarrassed or did you, did you just not want to go to your friends and say, because, you know, if, I'm, if you and I have a massive argument about something, I'll call my friends and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm so upset, blah, blah, blah. And I talk it out with my friends or my sister. Um... But would you, you'd, you wouldn't feel like you would go to friends? And I don't know whether that would be because you wouldn't know what to say or you'd be embarrassed or you wouldn't want to embarrass me or you just never, it just didn't occur to you. I think back then, I think, first of all, I don't know how qualified or how you know well positioned my, my mates are to help me with that type of thing. You know, I felt totally um, helpless. And you, I don't know, I think at the time it just felt like such an enormous, enormous block that we couldn't shift. And I just, I felt like they probably wouldn't be able to give me much help there it's probably that's probably you know a mistake on my part and you should just you know problem was it probably shared as a problem half but so we're so we're recording this podcast episode and if there are people listening who are either struggling themselves or have a partner who they're supporting through something like that we are not experts we're not medical professionals so we can't give any medical advice and for anybody listening i would always say if you really feel like you're struggling discuss it with your medical team you know if you're pre-personated we've got our midwives or maybe you've got a doula or you've got your gp that there are loads of avenues out there to explore but from our personal experience is there anything that you would share as a big no-no or or as like a you know, this is this might be something that you want to try. I think don't give up on. You know, we knew. I I certainly knew that it was wrong what was going on, and that it was unsustainable. I mean, we couldn't have carried on like that. I remember, you know, it kind of it peaked, didn't it, with us going on holiday, and your kind of anxiety and stress levels were so kind of yeah heightened that. Mm. I remember you know, that. you'd built you built up all these stories in your head about what was going to happen to us, you know, if we were to get on that flight. And I was like retching in the car, and we got all the way to the airport, and I could not. With kids go in the car the, as well, you know, Rio, exci- it was just Rio. Was it just Rio? Mm. Really excited about holiday, and um, and yeah, you know, we had to get a taxi home. Um, yeah. And that was, I think that I think that was well was shocking to you as yeah, well was- to realize that you know it's obviously all that kind of. But then that was the point where I realised, you know, it's not just impacting me, it's actually impacting other people. I think my my thing would be, my little input would be that you have to try to help people in the way that they need to be helped. And I think this is why there's not just one avenue of recovery. It's not like you go see a therapist, you talk it out and then you're done. I tried loads of different therapists ever since I've, I struggled with OCD and it really took the right one and I needed someone to be on my level which is going to be different to how someone talks mm. to you on your level i think that was a real turning point um i just think just don't give up you know i'd given up on it i got to the point where okay i'd in i tried 
a few times to kind of intervene and, and stop stop the stop the process from happening and you know we go back to square one with it and then you know eventually you just let it you let it win and I just resorted just to watching tv and kind of trying almost to block it out that it was happening there you know you shut the door and you and I'd know you'd be there up down up down the stairs lights on lights off but you know almost I would just will it to be over and you know wait for you to hear you you know up in the bedroom and kind of getting into bed but and what do you think was the turning point when things started to get better well, I think that moment where you realise, hang on a minute, I'm, I've just how, denied like, my my son, a, you know, a trip to to America to go on holiday. But how do you th- like? What do you think were the steps that helped us? And I'm going to say us because we were both the two that were really living it. Helped us get get me to a point of recovery because you know part of it, a huge part of it, of course, was me having to do work with myself, which was the majority. But a large part of it, I also felt like. I remember always thinking when I was going up and down the stairs and you'd be sat there watching TV, I remember thinking, like, uh, uh, in one way, and, and it's funny that you say oh, you didn't want me you didn't want me to get involved so I had to start again, but in one way, I felt like your laid-backness, or that's how I perceived it, laid-backness, was allowing, was also allowing it. And in a way, I was like, I really want someone to help me. And I, I didn't know how how someone could help me, but I knew that I wanted someone to help me. But obviously, as you're saying, any time you did try to help me, it just was it just it just made the situation, situation worse. worse. Um, so what do you think were the thing? I mean, hypnotherapy was a huge thing for me. I think I think you I think you just you got to a point where enough was enough, and your like you said, it was yourself versus yourself. But I think you know the the the, the light side of the of yourself just became more empowered after realizing having that that wake up moment i think you just got much stronger and then it, it might have been that you found the right the right therapist but i think also you found some in a in a strength uh, in yourself because i felt like as soon i felt like once you started to turn the tide you know you were you were never going to fall back into it i think you you went you got better and better and better consistently Mm. And I felt like you had something had switched inside of yourself, and you you decided you enough's enough. And there were definitely moments where I felt like it would try to trip me up again, but I, I like you said, I definitely yeah, I agree with you. I had that sort of self belief that I could do it, and I, for me, it was you know this therapist helped me to understand the scientific why my brain would behave behave this way or have this pattern, and then when I understood the why, I almost felt more capable to find a way around it rather than just thinking I have no idea where this is happening this is just what my mind is just running away with me it gave me an element of control once I understood why it was happening I felt like I could then then you know fight back a little bit was there anything that helped you get through it that you could say to anybody else let's just talk about the positives just before we end today because we only have 20 minutes and we have been talking we've got five, about five minutes left I don't listen I don't think I dealt with it very well you know I tried really hard in the first instance and and periods th- throughout to try and try and stop this this um negative spiral but you know eventually I gave in and and I allowed you to just carry on with it kind of un you know uninhibited and that was a big defeat and I didn't know I didn't know what to do it got to a point where I literally didn't know how to to deal with it and and I think your mum was the same we really yeah. didn't know what to do with you and and uh there is an element of I had to wake up and realize 
I can't expect anybody else to solve this for me. I have to face it myself. And it was one of the scariest things. But this, every little step that I took towards recovery was such a huge success that that empowered me. Every little step that I made, even if it was just one little compulsion that came in where I didn't do it, there was that awful, awful, like, minute after not doing it of thinking, ah, everything's going to go wrong, blah, blah, blah. And then I suddenly felt something I'd never felt before, which was like this upsurge of, wow, I've not done it, I'm back in control. And then the more that happened, the more that feeling became what I was after. Yeah, it's all about, like these, like I said, negative spirals and positive spirals. And and once you get on that on that kind of road to recovery, it's like it, it reinforces itself and it gathers pace. And, you know, again, with the compulsions, you know, you were you were convinced that these terrible things, whatever they were going to, you know, whether bad things uh, were going to happen to yourself or me or the kids. Um, once you realise that you didn't do one of these compulsions and this this negative kind of consequence never came to pass, you know, that, that just added to kind of fuel to the fire of your recovery. And, and I think it's just the fear, the fear beforehand was just all-consuming for you. Yeah. And you were you were just adamant these these awful things were gonna happen if you didn't didn't do whatever compulsion was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you think that parenthood impacted it? Impacted both of our mental health. How do you think parenting, aside from just being absolutely exhausting, we've got four now. How do you feel parenting affects your mental well being? Well, I think back then I think it was probably a large a large catalyst for for, for how you got to where you were i think the all this what a recovery no 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 i i think it put you in the in the hole in the first place in a way i think it's that added responsibility you know i was in london a lot you, like you said earlier today you know you were at home and you were, you felt a lot of kind of responsibility and uh was on your shoulders to 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 spot any kind of potential issues or just you know you you were the you were the person on the ground with the sole kind of sole care of the children and well, now I think once we came through that and we had more children and more children and more children, I think we've... You know, <laughs> a lot yeah, of children. I think we've learned... There's a lot know, of children upstairs. I think we've learned to... Um... Well, what we've certainly, both of us, like self-care is huge. The self-care thing's huge, you know. Um, we try and get out for, you know, one or two runs a week if we can, don't mm, we? And I think yeah. that, just that little thing is massive and it just it just resets you and it, it can even like when we can't run you go to the shed and you just potter about in the, mm. the shed the garage and you potter about in the garage it just helps just to just to have some kind of context because you can get so you know so caught up in family life that you, you're looking at everything so close up so like you can't see the wood for the trees and you just sometimes need to take a step back just to kind of recalibrate and and remember who you are and put things into context and just um I don't know, just help take a breath, really. Mm. One final question. Now, moving forwards, what do you think are the most important elements of rebuilding rebuilding our relationship on, like, healthier foundations now? Because that, that anxiety, like, it was a massive, massive intruder into our relationship because, I mean, so much of my time was spent doing that and we just had a real disconnect around that time what do you think are the most important things that are helping us to form sort of stable foundations self-care is definitely one like you say i think that at that time it was just it put up a huge barrier between us you know i felt like it got to the point where i let you 
let you get on with it and let you try and deal with it yourself because I didn't know what else to do. I could, felt like I couldn't help. So I think that was a mistake. And um, it's important just to realise that. And I, and I have remembered that. And it's like, if if you see any issues, um, just deal with them, you know, head on, have that conversation, have a chat, keep checking in with each other, checking in with yourself. And, you know, it's Don't good. it's good to talk. And and definitely, if you, you know, I said it at the beginning, finding someone that connects with you. I tried so many different therapists and finally I found the guy that just spoke on my level. And I'm sure he was trained in similar ways to other therapists, but for some reason he absolutely just, I found that he could connect with the way my mind was working and it just, was a massive game changer yeah. and also my big thing that I always say when I'm talking about my mental health journey number one I'm actually so grateful for what I experienced because not only has it made me more compassionate but it has literally enlightened me into a whole new realm of emotions that I wasn't aware of and it's, it's such a blessing to be able to understand myself on such a deep level and understand what my triggers are and you've just said earlier oh yeah I never really talk about my mental health like in that respect, I look at you sometimes and I think, gosh, my gosh, I wonder what you're going to be saying in, four, in mm. 40 years, in 10 years. You could be saying something completely different because you've not gone on that deep, deep journey of yeah. self-discovery yet. Um, I think it's been interesting watching your journey. And, you know, I think just going back to your recovery, you've got to want to, you've got to, want to get better as well. You know, I think you've really got to look at yourself. If you're, if you're a person who's suffering from these things, you really need to, you really need to kind of analyse what it's doing to you and, and whether it's something that you are serious about kind of kicking and you've really got to want to get better and then you just use that kind of because some people even they want to get better but you just I wanted to get better but I I genuinely didn't know how and it was it was although I although it was a bad thing I always felt my OCD back then it was the constant it was the one thing it gave you control I, didn't it yeah but it was the one thing I could rely on I knew that if I did that tap 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 Instantly afterwards, I would feel calmer. The thing I didn't realise that was, although I instantly felt calmer, actually in the long run, it was just sending me on a massive downward spiral. But I couldn't see that. I just saw the instant relief that I got. Um, it's that thing of taking a step back, then, isn't it? It's like, you know, you, yeah. you might you, you're in a. You, it became the norm to spend two, three hours, whatever it was, trying to get up to bed or trying to get from your your work to Liverpool Street station well actually just like you know when you're stressed and you go for a run you come back and you feel better that's what i got from hypnotherapy from exercise from you know whatever it is it gives you a break away and it actually creates space in the mind i think that's the most important thing is that when you're overwhelmed whether it's anger frustration depression or whatever it is that you're feeling to to create space in your mind to rejig the thoughts you know and and reset your priorities and reset some emotions that is actually and that's how now I because I still feel anxious at times and there's still feel times where we get annoyed but let's say we're arguing if we're arguing and we can actually take time away it's always better than if we just keep going at it yeah yeah well we sussed it in one episode um <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> Where can people find you on Instagram? But you're not on Instagram. No, in fact, you are on Instagram. I am, and I think it's worth <laughs> worth checking it out actually for anyone out there. What the one post that you post like a Some, year? I actually can't remember what my name is on Instagram. <laughs> I, can't, I don't know if it's Tom Oliver Martin Tom or Thomas. Oliver, Tom Oliver Martin, I think. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, thanks so much for joining me on this episode. And um, let, I always end the episode asking my guests why they love me. Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for joining me. Thanks, for everyone, for tuning in. Um, I'm going to add on the end of this podcast now some resources to anybody who might be struggling and do keep reaching out for help. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. There are lots of resources out there for anybody who might be struggling with their mental health. Resources such as Mind Charity, the iTalk website, the BetterHelp website, Rethink Mental Illness, or you can always ask your GP or midwife for a referral to a mental health professional. Struggling with your mental well-being might feel overwhelming or scary, but please know that you are not alone and the answers you need are out there. Thanks so much for tuning in. And remember, Vitabiotics Well Baby, expert nutritional care for your little ones from the start of their journey. To find out more, visit www.wellbaby.com.